Morning, morning. Testing. Um, is it on? Okay, good. All right, good morning. Um, man, it's good to see everyone. Uh, okay, so uh, one of the things Brandon asked me to remind everyone was to sign up for the uh, fall retreat. And so my testimony is that, man, if me and my wife, who's celebrating our fifth anniversary, wedding anniversary, could come to the fall retreat because it lands on October 20th, man, so you guys have no excuse uh, for, for not coming. So uh, please do sign up. It's going to be a great time. Uh, God has used that retreat uh, so much in so many people's life, including mine. And so uh, do sign up, get with Daniel, pay up by Tuesday, right, Daniel? Yes. Okay, so I also want to share uh, a good news with you guys this morning, uh, which is, uh, you know, with um, this morning's preaching, um, uh, God has used that, and Jada, Jada accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior this morning. And uh, it's, it's just awesome to see the, the ladies around her that's been praying for her, that's been ministering to her. And just this morning, she's like, hey, you know, man, God is just convicting in my life, and I see the errors of my way, and I'm done. And, I, you know, she was just like, man, I'm done. I'm ready to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So uh, be praying for her. You know, because we're going to encourage her to take the next step of obedience, which is baptism, and then to read the Word of God, right? And, and, and so that she has the living bread in her every single day to nourish her. Why? Like Sam talked about, what happens when a believer takes hold of the Bible? What happens next? Attack, right? And that's exactly what we're going to talk about this morning from uh, the book of Joshua, chapter 10. So if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 10, uh, there is a lot of context coming into the book of Joshua, uh, you know, nine chapters per se, if you will. Uh, but the gist is this, I want to give you the wider picture of the context, and then I'm going to give you specific context so that we kind of bring everyone on the same level feel of where we're looking at. So the wider context is the book, this book, the Bible, right, is what, what's the theme of the Bible? Okay, so some of you already know that, okay? <laughs> okay Jesus, it's about me, it's about my salvation, it's about... All right, yeah, it, it is about the kingdom of God. It's about Jesus and the throne that he's going to sit on and he's going to get all the glory, right, when he returns, when his second coming, uh, when he comes, he's not going to come, uh, you know, to, to, as a baby Jesus to give grace and so forth. The next time he comes, it's going to be judgment, right? And, and so, um, we need to be ready for that, right? We need to be ready that, for that. We need to know uh, how to deal with spiritual warfare because this, this boat, I mean, all the details in between, right? So the context, all these things, is about God moving. If you think of a chess move, God is moving. And then Satan Right? The arch enemy of God is countering. And that's it. That's the whole Bible. All these stories, all the things that you see here is God is moving, right? And then Satan is countering. Uh, and then we see all the details in this story. So now, the specific context of Joshua chapter 10 
is that we have um, the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites uh, is is part of um, uh, part of Hivites. They are Hivites, um, and they're part of the whole Canaanite people that were evil for a very very long time. And 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 Gibeonite joined league. Okay, so they kind of uh, uh, made peace with the children of Israel. So the children of Israel was ready to come to the promised land. God has asked uh, the children of Israel to take the inheritance. So we see that in Genesis chapter 15. God has promised uh, Abraham, says, saying that the heirs, their heirs are going to receive the promised land. Okay, And so they're going there to get the land. But the Gibeonites uh, saw uh, that what Joshua did. So, so you see in Joshua 6, uh, seven, uh, eight, and nine. You see the warfare that was happening, and how God gave victory uh, in Jericho. If you know that story, just miraculous, uh, just victory that God gave. And and and, and we talked. About, Sam talked about that briefly in terms of the Ark of the Covenant, how they followed God's instruction and they got crazy victory. The walls of Jericho fell. Uh, it was supposed to be impenetrable. But man, they, 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 they got it done and, and they wiped them out. Okay, and then the same with AI. Uh, once they, they repented of their sin, follow God's instruction again and again, wiped them out. But in the case of Gibeon, man, they, they saw what was coming to them. They're like, oh no. You know, they recognize. And, and although they didn't do it the, the best way, they, they kind of maneuvered themselves a bit. But basically, they saw what was coming to them. And they said, man, we, we got to make peace with Israel. Okay, so that's, that's the context. And then, and then from there, in Joshua chapter 10, we see these other people in the land of Canaan. Man, they, they don't want to have anything to do uh, with the children of Israel, knowing uh, what was going on. Uh, okay, so let's read uh, verse 1, right, of uh, Joshua chapter 10. Uh, now it came to pass when Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, had heard how Joshua had taken Ai, okay, and had utterly destroyed it as he had done to Jericho and her king, so he had done to Ai and her king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them that they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city as one of the uh, royal cities and because it was greater than Ai and all the men thereof were mighty. Okay, so, so one of the questions that people always have is that when they look at the Old Testament, they say, man, what's all this killing about? Right? Why does God sanction uh, this uh, destruction of this group of people? And then people get empathetic and say, oh, you know, in the Old Testament, God is really mean. And in the New Testament, God is... You know, not so mean, if you will. But actually, the Bible says that God is consistent throughout. And what we need to understand is that, man, God is showing us a picture here of judgment for these people. And if you look at Genesis chapter 15, I have it uh, on the screen there. Uh, I mentioned that Abraham was given that covenant and that God would bless Abraham uh, and the heirs to get this land. But, but at the same time, we see in Genesis 15... Uh, I believe it's verse 6, uh, 15 and verse 16, right? But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, 
for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Okay? You see, man, God, like, these guys, uh, their, their sin is not yet full. What, what sin are these? Okay? Uh, we don't have time to look into all these. And so drop down those reference, right? Leviticus 18, 1 to 25, lays out basically all, uh, just, the, just the sexual immorality, right? Incest of every kind. I mean, with uncles, with father, with your daughter, with, I mean, just crazy stuff. Uh, bestiality, homosexuality, okay? All of that, Leviticus, you can see that they were doing that. Deuteronomy 18, 9, verses 14 talks about all the uh, sorcery, uh, necromancing, all the pagan stuff that they were doing. And then we see... Uh, we see one of the things even in Leviticus what they were doing was that they were sacrificing their children to fire right to Moloch right as a way to to, to worship you see what you know you, you see what's going on there but God didn't even destroy them there and then we see here God's mercy right for 400 years God waited 400 years, God says, man, I'm going to give you a chance to repent. I'm going to give you a chance to repent. I'm going to give you a chance to repent. When are you going to repent? Right? And so we see here a picture that at some point, God's grace and His mercy, man, this is, is going to end. And that's why we see here in Genesis 15, 16, uh, uh, 15, 16 the, the, the iniquity of the Amorites now is full. And 400 years, here comes Joshua, and here he comes, and God's judgment is on these people, okay? So the question I have um, for you this morning, right? What is going to be your response? What is going to be your response as you know the impending judgment of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? What are you going to do? We see here in Joshua chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, we see two very different responses. One from the Gibeonites, and then another from these kings. You see? The Gibeonites were the only tribe, if you will, in the whole Canaan that actually made peace with Israel. You see how merciful God is? Even at the last minute when judgment was upon them, God says, hey, you know what? Man, if they are so desperate and they see that their, their judgment is coming and they want to make peace, man, God allowed that. You see that picture, right? And so, unbelievers, right? If you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, how are you going to respond? Did you think that these people in Canaan thought judgment was coming? If you will, I mean, they, they sort of, you know. Uh, verse verse. Verse 1, oh sorry, verse 2, it says, right, they heard it, they, they knew what happened to Ai and Jericho. What did they do? They, they feared greatly. They feared greatly. But then, they didn't respond in the right way. They still want to fight. They still want to fight. And so unbelievers, man, when, when are you going to stop? When are you going to surrender and say, hey, you know what, I don't want to have it my way anymore. I know there's an impending judgment coming and I don't know when the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come. I don't even know when my life is going to end. Is there any guarantee? 
of your life. I mean, we we seen uh, crazy uh, shootings in America, right? We seen all kinds of floods and crazy stuff. I mean, you never know, right? That man, judgment has come. It's appointed man wants to die. Then come what? Judgment. So for believers of Jesus Christ, right? For believers of Jesus Christ, what is going to be your response when you know the gospel clearly? You know there's an impending judgment. What are you going to do? Right? What is going to be your response? Are you going to have that urgency, right? To, man, share the gospel in Jesus Christ. Man, go and, uh, man, team up with, with, with dad and, and broke and, and, man, go do the survey at UMKC. You know, where's your fishing hole? Where are you going to fish? Right? Is it going to be at your job? Is it going to be at your school? Is it going to be at your dormitory? How are you going to respond knowing full well the, what the gospel said? Right? You have the answer. Right? And then you know there's an impending judgment that is coming very soon. There's no more things we need to wait for for God to come back. Do you know that? Uh, we are actually uh, overdue. We're way overdue, you know, but it's, what, what does the Bible say? That God is not slack concerning His promise, but it's what? But it's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, right? But to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Man, God wants people to know. So that's, you know, my challenge is, man, how are you going to respond as an unbeliever, but also how are you going to respond as a, a, a believer of Jesus Christ? Okay, so spiritual warfare. So these five kings, they have, they known what was happening. They feared greatly, but what was their response, right? Um, we see here that they, they, there is, uh, they, they want to fight, basically, right? He says, uh, verse 3 says, Wherefore Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent unto Hoham, king of Hebron, sent unto, uh, sorry, wherefore Adonai Zedek, of Jerusalem sent unto Hoham, king of Hebron, and to Kiran, king of Jamuth, and unto Japhia, king of Lachish, and unto Derbir, king of Eglon, saying, Come up unto me and help me that we may smite Gibeon. Gibeon, a picture of a new believer, if you will, make peace with the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, believer. For it had made peace with Joshua. What is Joshua in Hebrew? Jesus, okay, same, same, same meaning, and with the children of Israel, right? So, so we see here these five kings, man, uh, the, the ringleader, first of all, asked these other four kings to come and attack uh, uh, Gibeon. And, and, and what we need to see here that names matter in the Bible. Names matter in the Bible. So we, we already seen from last week when Jonathan was preaching in a main service, right? Names matter. So Jacob, what was his name about? Accuser, surplanter, right? Always manipulating the situation. And then what, what did God give a, a new name to him? Israel, which means God prevails, right? And so, so we need to pay attention. Man, these guys, these kings, names were mentioned and twice, and many of them are even first mentioned. So we're going to ID, right, these kings and what they, what does they represent? Because God has written the Old Testament to give us some picture, right, of, some, of something he wants us to learn, right? And we see here Joshua in the whole is a, is a picture of spiritual warfare. And so we're going to ID these five kings because they are relevant to our life right now. Why? Because, man, we are warring. In a spiritual warfare, do you know that? 
we're warring in a spiritual warfare. And if you look at the Bible and you read it, always the enemy will counter. Enemy doesn't want the world to know Jesus Christ. So the first king that we're going to look at here um, is going to be this king called Adonizedek, king of Jerusalem. Okay, so I want to preface this to say that the Bible talks about spirits. Okay, there's the Holy Spirit, there's the Spirit of God. There's also various spirits: spirit of fear, Second Timothy one seven; spirit of jealousy, Numbers fifteen fourteen; spirit of man, spirit of heaviness, spirit of an unclean spirit, spirit of bondage, Romans eight fifteen; spirit of slumber, spirit of antichrist. Ephesians six twelve says, "For we wrestle not against." flesh and blood, but against principalities, okay? Against powers, against what? Rulers of the darkness of this world, against what? Spiritual wickedness in high places. Do you notice something common with all these things? They're all plural. Powers, wickedness in high places. Uh, We see here principalities, plural, powers, plural, rulers. There's a forces of evil, that you and I cannot see, but we have to battle them, right? This is, this is why the Word of God is so important, because it's the sword of the Spirit. Okay, so, so having said that, let's ID. Adonai Zedek is the first king uh, in this evil king that wants to fight back, right? And to destroy Gibeon, to destroy his walk uh, with, the, with, with, with the children of Israel. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, his name means Lord of Righteousness. Wow. <laughs> and, and Jerusalem, you know, is, is peace. So he is Adonai Zedek, Lord of Righteousness, King of Peace. Okay? And, but this is not the Melchizedek we see in other places, right? This is not a good, good king. This is a bad king. And this king is after your peace. Is after your peace, right? And we see that, man, through the circumstances, Havala was just talking about circumstances, right? And how sometimes we view our situation through circumstances. But do you know this? That God will use circumstances to test you. God will allow that. God will allow Satan to test you, right? Look at the book of Job 1, 1 verse 6. Just jot down the reference. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came along among them. Right? And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? You see? You see, God, and, 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 and so, man, uh, man, Satan has some liberty to attack, to create some circumstances in people's life that makes it really difficult for people to like, overcome. And so we can view our situation like, oh, man, I can't deal with this. Oh, man, circumstances. So this king, is, that's what this king is after, after your peace. And ultimately, when your peace is gone, Fear will come into your life. And then when fear comes into your life, then you don't have the capacity to trust God anymore, if you will, right? Because fear, man, it will just paralyze you and you can't trust. Your... And so, okay, that's the first king. The second king 
is Hoham, king of Hebron. Hoham means Jehovah impels, right? Impels means force. Jehovah force. Hebron means binding friendship or association. Man, again, no time to look at this, but uh, check out the first mention of Hebron when, when Abraham made confederacy uh, with, with, um, in, in Canaan. You can see that, that, that word first mentioned. But this is a spirit of religion. It's a spirit of religion that pressures someone to better themselves by behavior modification rather than resting and leaning on God's spirit to overcome the flesh. Right? It caused someone to feel, man, they're not good enough. You know? And, and they're only accepted by their friends, by their family, by their church. Man, if they're good enough, if they do things right, if they're smart enough or they're pretty enough and, and the list go on. It's a spirit of religion. It's a spirit of works. It impels people to have a performance mindset mentality. Okay. The third one is Piram, king of Jamuf. Piram is like a wild ass. That's what Piram means. And Jamuf means height, okay? Which is a picture of, of pride, basically. Okay? This is a spirit of rebellion that caused one not to be submitted, right? And to find their own way to righteousness. And I tell you, it comes in active aggression and also passive aggression. So just because someone doesn't talk very much, man, inside, right? You thought, oh man, everything is cool. Man, that guy is pretty cool, you know? It's, it's not like... But inside, someone can be passive aggressive and they have a spirit of rebellion in their heart and, 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 and Satan uses that and say, hey, you know, you don't have to submit to anyone. You're, you know, you make your own destiny, right? We live in America, it's about a land of freedom and rights and individual rights. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. Isn't that what the world is kind of saying? Right? Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Make your own destiny. But God says, man, submit. Submit to the government. Right? Submit to your uh, employer. Right? Christians. Right? Difficult. Submit to your leaders in church. And this spirit is, is man, getting people off course uh, so much, um, especially in the last days, in the, in the days of Laodicea. Number four, uh, Japhia, king of Lachish. Japhia means shining thyself. Check me out. Right? And, and, and Lachish means invincible. Invincible. This is a spirit of pride that cause people to seek attention and praise for themselves, which leads a person to think themselves more important than they are. You know, that happens even uh, in the church, right? And we do, we do stuff, but kind of secretly, man, people are starting to pay attention to me. Now I'm doing, you know, more stuff, and I let someone to the Lord and this and that, and we can, you know, sometimes just get that glory from the Lord. You know, we need to be, be careful, right? Uh, I, I remember, you know, uh, you know, maybe four years ago when I was baptizing uh, a guy and the guy was like giving me just stellar uh, praise. Oh man, Andrew was just the best of the best and blah, 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 you know? And I was like, 
man, I felt pretty good. You know? And, and, and I tell you, at, the, at that moment, God just smoked my heart and said, what are you, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, did you save him? You didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, oh man, I'm so sorry. Again, I'm not saying you can't feel good about, man, doing the work for the Lord, but the glory belongs to the Lord. And we have to like, man, I, I like this guy, a pastor from Bogota, Rudy. I mean, I like, I, I copy him. Every time if, if, if I get praise, I go like this. You know? God be the glory. God be the glory, not me, man. I, I know, man, there's no good thing that dwelleth in me. And I say that honestly, right? Not just like, oh yeah, I'm actually humble, you know? Uh, no, no, no. Man, seriously, all God be the glory, okay? And if this continue in someone's life, right, this could lead to someone feeling themselves as invincible. Man, the, the church without me, man, they, man, they're never going to go anywhere. You know, I'm irreplaceable. You know, I'm invincible. And the church needs me. You know, with that kind of mindset, man, how is the church going to grow? Because God's power is not going to rest on that person that's proud. Okay, number five, Okay, the bear king of Eglon. Okay, this this is a wow. This is a I took like hours researching this guy, back and forth, back and forth because there's so much in in, in this and and it, it means speaker or oracle, right? And 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 the bear is actually a nickname that the Hebrew people uh, describe the holies of holies, if you will. Uh, and, 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 and the name of the beer, before it was the beer, is called Kiriath Sefer, which means town of books. And these were Amorites. These were people who are Nephilims. They are giants, and they have books, if you will. So anyway, I don't want to go into Twilight Zone here, but, but basically the spirit of, 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 of strange teaching. Spirit of strange teaching. And I'm telling you, there is a lot of strange teaching out there, isn't it? Uh, 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 we're doing a five uh, what Sundays at night. Man, you've got to come to those and learn about these strange teaching. They sound good, but it's not the gospel, right? And also, I mean, I have to mention, there's also a lot of TV shows, TV talk show hosts. I mean... And they all kind of sound good. They kind of talk about faith and hope and all these things. But man, they deny the power thereof, right? I mean, I think of, you know, Oprah, you know, as an example. You know, I, I, you know man, it's like, it's like going to a church service, if you will. Man, and, and she gives out, man, cars and you get a car, you get a car. And, I mean, who, who can forget that, right? And, and everyone's like, yeah, man, that's great. And it, but, but, but then she, she, she talks of another spirit. She leads all these women into thinking of like compassion and hope and faith, but, but not in Jesus Christ. You know, and in fact, it's so twisted that she says she's a Christian. And yet she can kind of take in all the religion and, and make it into a spirituality thing because now she, she doesn't do her uh, talk show host. She has like her own network, own... And she's like, man, it's like, what is this? What is this thing? But man, 
thousands, millions tune in, right, to watch that. Okay, so these five kings, right, uh, uh, man, they are, they, they have their own distinction. But look at verse 5 of Joshua chapter 10. Therefore, the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jamuth, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, gathered themselves together and went up they and all their hosts and encamped before Gibeon and made war against it. So, see the picture here? The picture here is that, man, they are gathered themselves together and they are making war in their territory. So I'm telling you, Christians, right? Man, when you get a hold of the Word of God and you're starting to say, man, I want to follow Jesus Christ, man, Satan will certainly mark you, right? And this, the picture here is the five kings, man, they are like together. So expect no mercy. Five of these kings simultaneously attack. So don't, don't expect any mercy from the enemy, if you will. That's the picture we see here. So, so let's describe a, a situation, right? So looking at these five kings, a person comes to the Lord, uh, or, you know, and they, 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 they get saved. Right, uh, but they have anxiety and, and a spirit of fear in them. They come to a church, and then everyone looks like really happy and everything. And so your tendency is like, "Yikes! I I can't do that." And so you have to conjure up some spirituality in you, spirit of religion, right? And 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 that never uh, that never kind of goes anywhere. And so now you elevate yourself beyond what you are really are. And then, and then because of that, you can't submit yourself to other people. So now it's this, the spirit of pride, right? And then it goes on to once you, once you get people's attention, oh, you, 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 man, you're just coming into the praise of other people and, and you think, wow, man, I like this. But you, you can't keep it up. You can't keep it up because you don't have the peace of God in you. And then... Once you can't keep it up, this person then starts to just look into alternative, alternative truth, uh, self-help stuff. You see how that five kings can all work together in your life? Yeah, so that's the picture here in, in verse 5. And it's no wonder, right, that the battle, the Bible says, is in the mind. And I just want to just mention some, just a quick stats to you. But do you know that one in six Americans uh, are using some form of psychiatric uh, drugs? Do you know that? And do you know things like Valium and Prozac are on the rise because people are using some form of coping mechanisms to cope with depression, anxiety, and so forth? You know? Uh, that shouldn't be the Christian, but Christians are doing that because, man, they have to conjure up, man, I can't get peace. So, man, just this pill would, would help me out, right? Suicide has been on the rise over the years. Suicide, right? And, and, and right now, uh, it is the 10th leading cause of death in America, close to 50,000 each year. And, and suicide rate in the whole world is rising. Why is that? Aren't we supposed to be better? Right? Uh, haven't we evolved enough to know better? Uh-uh. Why? 
there are spirits, spiritual warfare that's happening, and that battle in the mind, and, and many people are losing it. So that's, that's the other thing. Okay, so what do, what do the believer has to do? So we look at verse, verse number 6. Okay, And the men of Gibeon sent unto Joshua to the camp uh, to Gilgal, saying, Select not thy hand from thy servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us for all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. Okay, so what's the key point here? A key point here is our reaction to spiritual attacks has to be prayer. We have to call out upon the Lord, okay? Look, check this out. Psalms 18, 3. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. Psalm 55, 16. As for me, I will call upon the Lord and the Lord shall save me. Psalms 99, 6. Moses and Aaron and his priests and Samuel among them that call upon his name, they call upon the Lord and he answered them. Abraham said, He is our shield and our exceeding great reward. God is not our last resort to things when everything fails. It's like, oh, I'll come to God. Do you know that God is your first and only resort? Because you are fighting not a physical warfare. You can't hit these kings, spiritually speaking. It's a spiritual fight. And you need the Lord on your side because Joshua is a picture uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second key point here is recognize that spiritual battle is going to be difficult and long. Okay? Spiritual battle is going to be difficult and long. Verse 7, So Joshua ascended uh, from Gilgal. He and all the people were with him and all the mighty men of valor. Okay? So, Verse 7 means, man, we, need, we require others to battle alongside with you, right? We call this in this dispensation, the church, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. You and I, we need mighty men of valor, men of war, and, and women as well, right? Women of war, man, to war with us. Don't you need that in your life? Man, I can't battle on myself. I need other men to come into my life and battle together. And that's the principle we see in Jesus even sending out two by twos, always two by twos, always in a team effort. Second thing, uh, in verse 8, we see that it requires encouragement from the Lord to go to battle for yourself and for other people. Verse 8 says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not. We need to hear that. Your, your, your situation, your circumstances, your depressions, your anxieties, your problems in your mind, they're not bigger than God. God says, do not fear it. Do not fear it. I have delivered them into thine hands. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. Wow. What a promise in this battle. Not a man we need that. We need encouragement from the Lord to say, man, don't fear. Trust in me. Okay, verse 9. It requires endurance and a living faith to act upon our conviction. Okay, 
Verse 9, uh, we see here, Joshua therefore came up unto them certainly and went up from Gilgal all night. Right? You know Joshua didn't have to keep his promise because these uh, Gibeonites was like tricked them <laughs> into making a league. It's like, ah, forget the Gibeonites. But man, Joshua was a man of integrity. They made a league. The prince of, of, of Israel swore unto them, and now he's protecting them, if you will. And for the, uh, us, the picture of how those who are strong needs to protect the weak, isn't it? Romans uh, 15, 1 says, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Amen? Man, God has made you strong. Man, help out a brother who is struggling. Do you know a brother and sister who are struggling? That Man, go, go battle for them. They need you to come to battle for them, to rescue them, because God is using the church to help believers and uh, unbelievers as well. The second thing I want to point out from Joshua 10 and verse 9 is they went up from Gilgal all night. Do you know Gilgal and, uh, and Gibeonite is about 20 miles and Gibeon uh, is about 4,000 feet in elevation, right? 20 miles, 4,000 feet in elevation. I have climbed a mountain before, and I'm telling you, it's not easy, okay? And they did that overnight, all night. They went immediately, okay? What is it? What is it picture for us? It requires work, do you know? It requires a conviction that says, I'm going to get up early in the morning and come to the Lord. It requires a conviction enough, man, I'm going to skip uh, this whatever event, movie night, late movie night, something, so that I can wake up early in the morning and meet with the Lord. You see, it requires conviction. It requires endurance. Endurance like a soldier, right? And in and, and this case, it's literally them marching all night, okay? And, 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 and so, recognize spiritual battle is going to be difficult and long, okay? And now, we're going to look at Gilgal, okay? Because like Joshua, we need to ascend from Gilgal for spiritual battle, okay? Now, I, I spent quite a bit of time looking into this uh, and preached about this, like, three weeks in a row in FOI, and I, I know we don't have time for this, but I want to summarize this as best as I know how so that you get a picture of what, why this place is so important and why Joshua and, and his army always go back to base camp, to Gilgal, to Gilgal. And you see that in the book of Joshua. Always they come back to Gilgal. Always they come back to Gilgal. Why is Gilgal so important? Number one, Gilgal is when... Joshua is when the children of Israel for the first time has crossed over Jordan. Okay? And if you study the picture of Jordan, it's a picture of sanctification. Okay? And then you, you have, you know, so that's, that's number one. And, and then it's so just awesome how when they crossed the, the, the river of Jordan, uh, uh, Joshua placed 12 stones into the river. Right? And he left them in the river as God asked him to. And then there's 12 stones that he pitched in Gilgal. Okay? Follow me? 12 stones in the river 
and, and before that, no water. And once they come up to Gilgal, he pitched that, water came back. What picture is that? Okay, right? This, the second thing, yeah, <laughs> you heard that before. The second thing is, uh, is, is circumcision. Is circumcision. It was in Gilgal that the children of Israel uh, was circumcised. Those that uh, hasn't been circumcised uh, because as they were in the wilderness, uh, the people that left, they didn't circumcise their sons. And, and, and again, not a lot of time, but we're going to look at Colossians here in a bit because circumcision uh, is how the children of Israel identify with the covenant of God, the covenant that God has made with Israel. And Gilgal is to roll over, it means to roll over the reproach of Egypt, Right? Roll over, man, when we are saved, God says, man, you are buried in the likeness of his death. You are raised in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Okay, the third thing is the Passover. It is also the first time that the children of Israel had a Passover uh, on Gilgal. Okay, and the Passover is a picture of what? Again, salvation, right? And, and the, t- the first time when, when and, and, and sanctification as well, because it's the same thing. You know, when, when, when we get saved, we get saved by what? The power of the gospel, by the power of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. His death, burial, and resurrection. Amen? And then when, after you get saved, how do you live? By the power of the death, burial, and resurrection. You see? And, 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 and that means, man, you are buried in the likeness of his death. You're dead. And then, but you now live in the newness of life, right? And so we see here Colossians, um, Colossians 2, 11, In whom ye, ye also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who had raised him from the dead. Romans 8.13 says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Okay, key point. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is what allow us to have victory in spiritual warfare. Matthew 28, very clear. All power has been given unto me. After the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See that? And man, we have to always come back to that place. What God has done for me. What Christ has done. And when He resurrected, He gave us a comforter in the form of Holy Spirit that dwells in your body. What does the Holy Spirit do? Does it teach you? Does it comfort you? Does it exhort you? Right? Does it love you? And that's how we need to deal with these spiritual warfare that is in our life. So, practically speaking, we need to live the reality of the Bible in the newness of life. So in dealing with the spirit of fear, man, we've got to look to the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? 2 Timothy uh, uh, chapter 1 and verse 10, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Right In dealing with the spirit of religion, Galatians 3, 2, This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the spirit by the works of the Lord or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish 
Having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Right? In dealing with, uh, with spirit of pride, James 4.10 says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Don't manipulate. Don't be a Jacob. Humble yourself. Let me promote you. Let me lift you up. In dealing with the spirit of rebellion, 1 Samuel 15.23 says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from the king. It's witchcraft, rebellion. Submit yourself. Humble yourself. Submit yourself to your employer, to the government, you know, as it pertains to, except it doesn't cross the line of obeying the God's word. And submit to your leaders in your Bible study in the church. It's going to be well with you. In dealing with the spirit of strange teaching, Romans 3, 4 says, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. Okay? So, man, we believe and we get the prescription from God's word to deal with the spiritual warfare that, that we have. Does that make sense? And, 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 and when, when that faith, man, I trust, I decide to trust God's word more than my situation, more than my circumstances, more than all these things that overwhelm me. God says you're more than the conqueror. You see that? You're more than conqueror. Would you believe in my word? You have the Holy Spirit? Man, yes, you can. But if you don't, man, come talk to me. Uh, like Jada, man, she recognized, man, she needs to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation. Okay, we'll we'll try to wrap this up. Okay, uh, verse 10 and 11, we see after this picture of of Joshua ascended from Gilgal and they want to attack and they're ready and they come suddenly, what happens? Okay, really cool. Verse 10, and the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon and chased them along the way that go off up to Beth Horon, and smote them to Azekar and unto Makeda. Study those words out because we're running out of time. And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down to Beth Horon, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azekar, and they died. And here's the key. They were more which died with hailstone than they who the children of Israel slew with the Lord. The key point is, the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. Second Chronicles 20.15, and he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great, great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Psalms 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Job thirty-eight twenty-two, really cool verse. Hast thou entered into the treasures of the snow? Or hast thou seen the treasures of the hail? Which I have reserved against the time of trouble against the day of battle and war. Do you see the picture there? God says, check out my arsenal. (laughs) Have you seen my arsenal? Are you kidding me? You're afraid of that? You're afraid of that thing? That petty thing? 
Have you come? Have you seen my treasure house? I got arsenal that could wipe out the entire universe. You see that? The battle belongs to the Lord. And you got to recognize that. And lastly, uh, verse 12 to, to 14, and then we'll close. Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. Study those words as well. Uh, and the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is it not this written in the book of Jeshua? So the sun stood in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. And here is a picture. Just remember, they marched all night, right, to come to, to Gibeon to battle. All night, 20 miles, 4,000 feet elevation, start to fight. I mean, would you be kind of tired after that? Pretty tired, right? And then, man, they're fighting and fighting, okay? And then God's like, hailstone, boom, bam. And then you're like, oh, great, God showed up. Man, let's pack our bags, let's, let's go back, right? But not Joshua. Joshua wanted to trust God for more. You see that picture there? He wanted to trust God for more because they're still enemies. Don't you have a lot of layers of complexities of junk in your life? Don't you? That you need to sort out like just all the past issues and troubles and trauma and abuse and misunderstanding and, and on and on like the depressions that we have, that although we are Christians, we still struggle with some of these things. You see what I'm talking about? And Joshua is like, man, I want to trust God for more. And he, he, you know what he did? He just prayed, son, don't move. Because, you know, one, you know once you're at dark, you, know, you can't battle anymore, right? So he says, son, don't move, son, don't move. And they battle. And they cast down imaginations, right, that contradicts the word of the Lord. And they, they, they obey the word of the Lord. They trust the word of the Lord until their obedience is what? Fulfilled. Until the enemies are gone, if you will, right? Avenge themselves until the enemies, uh, upon their enemies. You know, God wants you and I uh, to live a life of peace. Do you know that? And God wants to help us to sanctify, means to, to, to renew our minds so that we are more like Him. And it's difficult, isn't it? It's, it's, it's tough because, man, all these kings, right, that we talked about like constantly, nonstop, like bam, bam. And we need to learn how to war. We need to learn how to battle. And the answer, guys, is right here. And the, 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 the thing is, we need to trust God. All right, so we're going to close. We already ran out of time. Um, and uh, let me pray. But man, if, you are, if you're dealing 
uh, with some of these things, if this message resonates with you in some way, shape, or form, and you're dealing with this stuff, and maybe you're saying, hey, man, I, I, it's overwhelming, right? I can't do it. Well, good, good question, good issue, because, man, we're gonna, we, we want to get a mighty man of valor, man of war. There's brothers and sisters in Christ here that, man, are ready to help, to listen, man, to, to uh, counsel, not from men's opinion, but from the Word of God. Amen? Right? So please, don't, don't leave this room and go to lunch and like, oh, forget about these five kings in my life because I'm telling you, at night, these five kings will come back and you're still dealing with it. So man, don't leave this room until you deal with the conviction from the Lord regarding these things. Amen? Can we do that? Yes. All right. Um, Father, we thank you so much. Uh, Lord, for the, for the richness of your word. And God, as, as crazy as these battles are, as crazy and scary these things are, and Lord, we, we deal with so many issues in our life and there's a spiritual warfare that's going on. And Father, I pray for all of these people that are here today, Lord, that we, we would stop battling in our own way and battle according to our wit, according to our willpower, according to our flesh, but we battle according to your word because that's what's needed. That's the picture that we see. God, I pray especially for those that are hurting uh, this morning, please comfort them uh, and please allow them to have conviction to take action and say, I'm going to march that 20 miles. I'm going to ascend that that 4,000 feet because I'm going to make some difficult decision in my life, Lord, so that, Lord, I can, I can hear from you. Father, dismiss us uh, with your peace, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.